Welcome to the audio channel of Dr. Sadaf. Preach Christ, teach the Bible, make disciples. So let's all turn to Psalm 139, verses 23 to 24. And the verse says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Let us pray. And now we humble ourselves before God Almighty, whose grace has gifted us and whose love has saved us. Patiently now we wait for thee. Your word is a lamp to our paths and a light to our feet. May the Holy Spirit strengthen me to deliver a word of power so that many to Jesus will come and meet. Amen. So in the medical world, we have these things called vital signs. And as the saying goes, vital signs are vital. Vital signs include your temperature, they include your heart rate, how regularly and strong your heart is beating. Vital signs include your respiratory rate, how deep and rapidly you're breathing, as well as your blood pressure. Now, vital signs are vital because the vital signs as a collection of numbers measure vitality. They're a set of measurements that point towards your internal health. So they point to something inside of you. And if your vital signs are normal, there's a pretty good chance you're going to be okay. So when someone comes in to see me in the office for, office, for example, and they have a cough, and their vital signs, normal, temperature, normal, heart rate, normal, blood pressure, normal. Without even asking one question or examining them, I'm gonna have a pretty good idea because your vital signs are normal that you're gonna be okay. If, however, your vital signs are abnormal, that's an indication there's a type of sickness, there's something wrong on the inside. So if you have a cough and you have a temperature of 104, you have a heart rate of 170, and your blood pressure is 60 over 40, those abnormal vital signs are an indication that something inside of you is wrong, that you're sick. Now when you come into my office, you're gonna have your vital signs checked, whether you have chest pain or a stub pinky toe. Now when you step into God's office, you're also gonna have your spiritual vital signs checked. And they're a barometer of your inward spiritual health. So when God takes your pulse, for example, he's checking the strength and the regularity of the beat of your prayer life. When God checks your breathing rate, he's trying to figure out if the breaths of inspiration you're taking are from his word, from the Holy Spirit, 
or from other secular vapors. When God checks your spiritual temperature, he's trying to ascertain if you're lukewarm for God or if you're on fire for the Lord. Now, it's quite reasonable in the natural world for someone to go and see their doctor once a year, to have a yearly physical, to get a checkup. So why then is it not also reasonable for us as believers to check into God's office, to have a spiritual physical, to have our spiritual vital signs checked at least once a year? at least every six months, at least every couple of weeks, just to make sure that our spiritual vital signs are normal and everything in our spiritual walk with God is okay. Because the same advice that applies in the natural world also applies in the spiritual one. That prevention is always easier than the cure. One more time, when it comes to the natural world and the spiritual world, the same adage applies. That prevention is always easier than the cure. And when you take the time to get a spiritual checkup and check in with God to make sure everything is okay, it is always far easier for you in the long run to get something checked out when it's small and it's treatable then allow it to grow into something much larger and therefore much more dangerous. So you may be asking yourself, how do I go see God in the office? How do I get my spiritual vital signs checked? Well, God makes it very easy. If you were to see me in the office, you can only do so between the hours of 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. three days a week. But God is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, even on holidays. And there is never a wait, you just walk in. And the way you go see God to have your spiritual vital signs checked is simple. You get down on your hands and knees and you recite our theme verse. Search me, O God and know my heart, try me, and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Now, who wrote this psalm? David did. David was a man after God's own heart. So when we check in to see God and have our spiritual vital signs checked, we have to study and scrutinize exactly what David was getting at. So we know the best way to approach, we know the best questions, we have the most informed spiritual discussion with our spiritual doctor, God. So when we take a step back and look at Psalm 139 as a whole, the gist of everything that David is writing, he's saying the following. He's saying, God, I want to make sure that everything in our doctor-patient relationship is okay. I want to make sure there are no barriers 
between you treating me as a patient and I'm here to make sure that we're good. So who does David address this psalm to? He says, search me, O God. He doesn't say, search me, pastor. He doesn't say, search me, Mrs. David. He doesn't say, search me, my next door neighbor. He says, search me, oh God. Check this out, right? I have an MD, a medical degree, so I know a little bit about the human body and disease processes. God has an ED, an everything and anything degree. So when David comes into God's office to have his spiritual vital signs checked, he's coming into the office of his maker. God is David's manufacturer, and he's saying, listen, God, I'm coming to you. You made me. You are the intelligent architect. You are the intelligent designer of me. So I want you to check me out, to open me up, and tell me if there is anything wrong. And David does that because he knows he can't rely on himself to evaluate himself. When you are in school and you write an essay, the teacher never tells you to grade your own paper. Why? Because you're going to unfairly grade yourself. You can't objectively uh, assess yourself. And that's exactly why David is there, to see the man who has an ED. And David isn't coming to God for God's benefits. God already has the ED. He already knows everything. He's saying, search me, O God, and reveal to me all those things about myself that I don't know so I can better discern myself. So search me, O God. Why is David in God's office? What's the specific reason he checked in to have his spiritual vital signs checked? He tells us, he said, God, lead me in the way everlasting. David is not in his doctor's office to get his wife off of his back. He's not in God's office so he can get a shot to carry him through the weekend. He's not in the office because he's getting on a flight on Monday and needs something to ensure he won't get sick. He is there because he realizes that at stake is eternal life, and eternity always matters more than the present. So he says, God, you have the ED. I want you to search me out. I want you to examine me. I want you to scrutinize me because I want to make sure I am on the path, the road, the way, everlasting. And even if you tell me something that I don't like, even if you tell me something that isn't what I expected, that's okay because the goal is to be led in the way everlasting. And David knows that God has been faithful to him throughout his entire life. He knows that God is a faithful doctor, is a faithful judge, 
and his faithful shepherd. So even if David gets corrected, he trusts in the faithful shepherd. And here's the thing, right? This is why David can be so confident. If you come to see me in the office, sometimes I can get it wrong. I'll make the wrong call. You'll come back in three or four days and say, Dr. Sadafel, the antibiotics didn't work. Or now I feel worse. But the beauty is when you're in God's office to have your spiritual vital signs checked, he never makes a misdiagnosis and the prescription he gives you is always precisely what you need. Now what is David in God's office getting his spiritual vital signs checked? What is the specific thing that David is asking God to do? He says, see if there be any wicked way in me. What does that mean? David, as he says, he has the same sentiment in Psalm 1912, where he says, cleanse thou me from secret fault. So when he asks God to see if there is any wicked way in him, he's asking God to reveal secret Sin. One more time. He's asking God specifically to reveal secret sin. And secret sin are simply bad habits that are private or unseen evil. And the reason why David is asking this again is simple. Because he, as a patient can't assess his own wellness himself. He needs a spiritual doctor who is God. Now, in case the church forgot, when we're talking about secret sin, the definition of sin is not only behaviors, actions, things that we do, that are contrary to God's law. But it's attitudes, it's thoughts, it's dispositions. So therefore, having normal spiritual vital signs and being spiritually healthy means not only doing what is right, but also thinking what is right, which is why the greatest commandment in the Bible isn't something that you do. It's a way that you think. It is to love God. The second greatest commandment, to love your neighbor. Now, David is a king of Israel. He's used to dealing with people. So he is fully aware how crazy people can be, especially people who are in the church. So when David asks God to reveal secret sin, he's fully aware there are many people who fake it. There are many people who can act right and do everything that seems on the surface good, but in their thoughts, in their minds, there's some wicked ways, there's some secret sin. You may meet someone this week on the street, in the job, wherever, 
They'll look good, they'll make you feel good, they'll put a smile on your face. You'll say, this person is great. They're the best ever. But in their hearts, they may be thinking to themselves, I want to destroy them. They have malice inside of them. And that is spiritual unhealthiness, which gives abnormal spiritual vital signs. And that's what David is afraid of. He says, God, I don't want any of that wicked way stuff. I don't want any of that secret sin stuff dwelling somewhere inside of me. Let's find it and get rid of it. So when David walks into God's office and has his spiritual vital signs checked, he wants God to do an extra workup. He says, God, I want you to do an EKG. I want a chest X-ray. I want an ultrasound. I want an MRI and a CAT scan. I want you to do a pregnancy test on me just so that we are sure, we are positive that there is no secret sin lurking somewhere deep inside me that I can't detect. Because David not only is aware that prevention is always easier than a cure, but a secret threat is always far more dangerous than a revealed one. One more time, a secret threat is always far more dangerous than a revealed one. If you're a young woman and you are doing a breast self-examination and you find a lump, the silver lining of that scenario is that the lump is revealed. It's a prompt for action. You can now say, oh my goodness, there's a lump. I should do something about it because you can sense it. You know it's there. You can go see your doctor. You can have an ultrasound. You can have a biopsy done. But if there's a lump deep down in your pancreas, or there's a lump on your kidney that you can't feel, that doesn't give you any symptoms, that you can go about your everyday life not knowing any better, that can now grow and grow and grow undetected until it finally does reveal itself and begin causing a problem. Because a secret threat is far more dangerous than a revealed one. And that's why God wants God to search him. To see if there be any wicked way. To see if there be any secret sin deep inside him. Now what I hope I've done thus far is make it very clear how hazardous secret threats are. So in the interest of being well-informed spiritual patients, I'm now going to talk about two warning signs, two symptoms to look for that are indicators of secret sin that can give you abnormal spiritual vital signs. So in the same way when you call your doctor and he says, if you have these warning signs, if you have crushing left-sided chest pain, if you feel short of breath and the pain runs to your arm, those are warning signs that something serious for your heart is going on. These two now are gonna be two warning signs to look for that are indicators of secret sin. 
So the first warning sign of secret sin is foolish thinking. Here's the bottom line. No one can hide from God. And we are foolish to think that any sin is secret because it's not a secret to God. The phrase secret sin itself, when you put it up to God, doesn't make any sense. Because an all-knowing, all-seeing God, as far as he concerned, you never had any secrets, nor will you ever. So for example, if your parents were to go out of town and you do whatever it is that you do, you now have a secret from your parents, but it's not a secret from God. If your friends go out of town and you do whatever it is that you do, you may have a secret from them but you don't have a secret from God. You can run into the darkest recesses of your house, get deep down in the closet, shut the door, turn off the lights, and put a sheet over your head. But the piercing gaze of an almighty God runs right through all of that without any resistance and gets into the deepest, darkest recesses of your heart because there is no secret sin when it comes to God. And there is therefore nowhere to run and nowhere to hide when it comes to harboring something, harboring a secret from God Almighty. In fact, consider for a moment that time itself is a friendly reminder that we would be foolish to think we can ever keep a secret from God. Time as we know it, the thing that gauges human history, is split in half by what? The birth of Jesus Christ. Human time is defined by what happened B.C., before Christ, and therefore what happened A.D., after the year of our Lord. The Romans who had foolish thinking thought they could run from God. They thought if we crucify this guy, we can get rid of him. Little do they know people are still worshiping Jesus today. No one is worshiping Caesar. Little did the Romans know that the, the start time and end time of the entire Roman Empire is defined by what? The birth of Jesus Christ. The Roman Empire began at a time before Christ was born and ended at a time after Christ was born. The year 2017, 2017 what? This is 2017 AD, which means it's 2017 years after the birth of Christ. So when you look at your phone, when you look at your watch, when your alarm goes off, that is God speaking in his providence to you that it is his time. And it would be foolish to think that you can ever run or hide from God. And if someone were to try, they would have to get out of God's time 
first, and I wish you good luck. The second warning sign of secret sin is danger. Now, Scripture tells us how jealous God is, but it never tells us how jealous sin is. See, when you're in a relationship with God, you may cast your eyes on someone else, and he'll get jealous. He'll chastise you. But God's intent is always for the two of you to stay together. Sin, on the other hand, if you are in bed with sin, and you have the nerve to cast your eyes on God, sin now becomes irrationally jealous. And it recruits more of itself and tries to overwhelm you and drown you in more sin so you can't look at God Almighty. And if it gets really bad and you continue to, to cast your eyes on God, sin will now try to suffocate you on itself so there's no one left to glorify God. Secret sin is dangerous because it's like a cancer. It begins as something we regard as small. It begins as something that we may dismiss as something irrelevant. It's one or two toxic cells, one or two things that don't cause us any symptoms and we don't pay it any mind. And day by day it grows, day by day it gets larger until it begins sapping away energy from you. It grows blood vessels and gets bigger and bigger and bigger until it reaches a point where it's taking away all of your energy and is now telling you what to do. Secret sin is dangerous. So, for example, looking at pornography in private leads to adultery in public. Taking office supplies at our job when we think our boss isn't looking leads to us robbing God of his tithe each and every Sunday. Something small like falling asleep in church service leads us to fall asleep on God in every area of our life. See, God wants liberation. But the danger of secret sin is that it's a slave master. It wants to keep you in bondage. And if you ever ask the slave master to set you free, you may as well ask the lion to let you out of his mouth. And the biggest danger of secret sin is that it will provoke the open and public anger of a jealous God. Because secret sin is dangerous. Now, we've had our office visit with God. And as we leave the examination room, we now walk to the front desk where the angel is there. The angel is a receptionist. And the angel prints out a discharge summary, a visit history of all the things we learned about today. So when we look at the visit history, 
we see that we first define what spiritual vital signs are, a barometer of inward spiritual health. It then says we talked about Psalm 139, verses 23 to 24. That's how we approach God to have our spiritual vital signs checked. And then it describes the secret sins that we talked about that are a danger to our spiritual health, which is foolish thinking and putting ourselves in imminent danger with things that we do in private. And then at the end of the discharge paper, we see that God has handwritten some of his own instructions. And he says, since you're a good spiritual patient and you have an interest in getting yourself examined, here are some points of consideration as you go home today and speak to your family and continue in your walk. Points of examination in the spirit of 2 Corinthians 13.5, where Paul says, examine yourself. Or Haggai 1, where it says, consider your ways. So God says, in the interest of self-examination, examine yourself and consider that when other people talk about you, entertain the possibility that at least in part, they may be right. Examine yourself so that before you ever point a finger of accusation at someone else for something that they're doing, first consider if you yourself suffer from the same deficit. Examine yourself so before you ever use a finger of accusation to tell someone they're blinded to their own sin, you should perhaps first look in the mirror. When you examine yourself, you should also examine those closest to you, your spouses, your family members, people that live in your house. Because if they are not getting their spiritual vital signs checked, perhaps it's time to drag them into the light, even if it means they come kicking and screaming. Because it is better for them to hate you, to abhor you, to detest you now, but be able to tell you about it in eternity. Now, you may have taken all of this in and say, Preacher, this, all this self-examination, spiritual vital signs, this just seems overwhelming. This just seems like too much for me to bear. To which I would now say, congratulations. Now you understand why the gospel is the best news you ever heard. Because this is impossible. The standard of righteousness you have to hit, not only in action but in thoughts, no normal person can do it. It's unachievable. And you don't have to, and that's where Jesus Christ comes in. For as it says in Isaiah 44:22, this is God speaking, I have wiped out your transgressions like a thick cloud and your sins like a heavy mist. Return to me, for I have redeemed you. It's not us that make ourselves spiritually healthy, it's God. And he's calling us, he says, return to me. I have done the heavy lifting, I hold the ED, I, have redeemed you. 
because there will never be fair weather. There will always be a thick mist of clouds unless we approach him and have our spiritual vital signs checked. And look at the beauty of what God does. He doesn't blow away the thick cloud so it can't be seen. He doesn't blow the clouds away so they can come back in another week or another month. He blots them out so there's no trace of anything. There's no trace of spiritual unwellness. There's no trace of spiritual disease. And when he blots those clouds out, we will now finally be irradiated by the illuminating light of his grace and his mercy, and there will always be clear skies. So when we have our vi spiritual vital signs checked, God is now calling us for a fresh start, for a cleansing by the water and powers of his atoning sacrifice on the cross and his unyielding grace. Now you heard pastor's testimony. You heard about everything that he went through. And what happened to him entices us all to not only have our spiritual vital signs checked, but to examine our relationship with God. Because tomorrow is never guaranteed. Now he went into the hospital on a Monday and knew he was going to have open heart surgery on a Friday, which means he had four days to think. He had four days to come into God's office and say, Lord, here I am. Because tomorrow is not guaranteed, and one of those meaningful things he's told me since his cardiac issue happened is this. When you stare mortality in the face, the only thing you have is you and God. That is it. There is nowhere to run. There is nowhere to hide. You can't look over your shoulder and call someone for help. It is you and your maker. Everything that you thought mattered is now gone. And it's better to check in now and have your spiritual vital signs checked than to hear the two most frightful words God can ever tell you, too late. So that morning when myself, my brother, and my mother left Pastor, he, he went to a special elevator after he left the medical intensive care unit. And this elevator either went up to where the surgical suite was or down to where the morgue was. Now in his case, the nurse hit the up arrow and he went up to surgery and he's here now with us. But when we go home and we think about this message, when we think about Psalm 139 verses 23 to 24, which is a call to action, to examine ourselves and to examine others. We have to do so with the heart condition, with the orientation, with the posture, that the elevator of eternity is opening its doors and someone is about to hit up or down and we have to be 1,000% sure that we have checked in with God and know for a fact they're gonna hit up so we can return to our Father in heaven 
and not descend into the dreaded abyss. So when we go home and we examine ourselves and we seriously and earnestly ask God, is everything okay? Are my spiritual vital signs normal? We have to remember David's words and what compelled him, what animated him to say this prayer. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Church, God bless you. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Dr. Sadafo. For more valuable information and resources, please visit chesadafo.com.